Hello and welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest. This is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. I'm your host, Jesse Nussman. And on the other line is my multiverse colleague, Daniel Feingold. Hello. Hi. Spider-Man point. Yeah, Spider-Man point that no one can see because this is an audio medium. And we're actually in the same room. Yeah, so. that is true. So that kind of sucks for all the listeners. They get to miss out on something. Um, Daniel, welcome. Uh, this is kind of an exciting episode. You know, after a couple weeks of booing and hooing on this podcast about bad Fast and Furious movies, bad Little Mermaid movies, just a general sort of sluggish start to the summer. Uh, we have an episode where we have, I think, I think, two genuinely great movies to talk about today. I think two of the best movies of the year thus far. I know the movie calendar year is lopsided in the sense that many of the best stuff just kind of gets crammed and put off till the end of the year. But so talking about like, What's the what's the best of the, is this a good movie year thus far? All that kind of stuff is sort of pointless at this point. But I I think we got two of the best movies of the year to talk about today. Would would you agree or disagree? Absolutely, and I do have a take on that. But I I, I do wonder if I should wait or just or just start us off with it now and just kind of set the tone. You could start it off. Okay, well I guess a, a bit of a hot take. Although I'm I'm not sure how hot the first one is versus. I think they're going to get hotter. Okay. So, now, Spider-Man, we, now I really wish we had a, like a visual context for this. Like I could put a little scoreboard on stuff. It's like it's like the Chili Pepper Index on Hot Ones or something like that for how spicy the takes get. It's just you and me sitting in a room. It's it's okay. Um, it's not that exciting. Um, though I am excited to be here. So, but then for, people couldn't admire like my great tree a lot, painting that i have will be better room. as a live studio audience i just want like a bunch of people crowded into your room that's 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 actually when people tell me like what's your goal for this podcast it's for something like the the terra theater here in atlanta that just Buckhead reopened theater, it'd be yeah, like something. let's let's do a live studio show in in there that's that's when i know we've made it on this show more content yeah um, um okay continue. okay so across the spider-verse uh-huh should uh-huh. And will uh-huh. be nominated for Best Animated Feature. Uh-huh. Past Lives. Uh-huh. Should and will be nominated for Best Picture. Uh-huh. Greta Lee should and will be nominated for Best Lead Actress. I'm putting it out there. I want it to happen. Start buying those billboards. That's what I always tell people. Past Lives, I think, is maybe the more the, the hotter take perhaps like saying across the spider verse is going to get recognized or just that people know about it. Yeah, obviously. But my hope with a 20 with, with past lives is that it is an a 24 film mm-hmm. and let's get that campaign machine behind past lives in particular. Mm-hmm. If Bo is afraid has to take a back seat, not getting nominated. <laughs> if, if, that, if that has to take a back seat, if they have to be like, yo, that's too weird. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to push it, put all the weight, behind of your machine behind past lives and Greta Lee because that movie to me even more so than across the spider verse by far the best movie of the year so far yeah so if you hadn't been able to figure out already we're talking about kind of the biggest movie of the this past weekend was um spider-man across the spider verse which is the sequel to the um, I think pretty universally beloved Oscar-winning animated Spider-Man movie from back in 2018. Is that right? 
um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, um, as well as we're going to be talking about Past Lives, which was, I feel like, kind of the most hyped movie out of the Sundance Film Festival this year, um, and got a limited release this past weekend, but will be kind of rolling out across the country over the course of the next month. Um, I dearly love both of these movies. Um, I think just just to kind of, I think, piggyback off of your your past lives Oscar chances thing, I'm trying to think of like what else A24 has on the... Ca- I mean, it's there's always kind of one sort of small little indie movie that kind of, I feel like, winds up in the the running for in in so may maybe it will be this one or you know i'm trying to think of what else a24 has i think they're releasing uh the jonathan glazier movie later this year but even that sounds like that movie is kind of a a tough sell even for as kind of acclaimed as it's been thus far well just even looking back at the two and i'm not saying it's going to win best picture it was way too early to even be talking about this stuff though i'm the one that put it out there um if you just look at the last two Best Picture winners, Everything Everywhere, which was A24, and then the year before, Coda, those were two movies that anyone who watched them at least liked them, if mm. not loved them. And I think Past Lives, a different movie, obviously, but in the same kind of situation where I can't see anyone seeing this movie and not at least liking it mm-hmm. or coming away thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So I think that it has that going for it as long as people see it. Yeah. Well, let's maybe table the past lives conversation for a little bit later in the show. Let's talk about Spider-Man because it sounds like a ton of people saw that this past weekend. Oh, yes. Um, You and I went to an early screening, walked out. I think there was a lot of anticipation for this movie, not just because of how beloved um, Into the Spider-Verse was back in 2018. Kind of, I feel like a surprise movie, like one that I at least was not sort of keeping a a hot tab on as far as anticipation. And I just remember like a friend of mine, ironically a friend whose wedding I went to this past weekend. Um, I I remember saw it like that Christmas it came out. It's like, you know, it's really, really surprisingly this animated Spider-Man movie. You need to see it. It's way better than you think it's going to be. And over the course of the following few years. And you know, by the time we get into the pandemic and stuff, I feel like it had spread by word of mouth into like, Oh my, kind of one of the rare sort of, I think, like universally approved. I don't know a single person that has seen it that didn't like it. Movies of the last five years and won an Oscar for, uh, I think, rightly, it's pretty groundbreaking animation style, which really replicated kind of the, 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 the texture and feel, but also kind of the, the colors and um unique sort of framing of comic books it's like watching a comic book yeah it it really was the experience of of seeing flipping through you know a spider-man issue that you got off the rack and having that kind of come to life with all of its sort of like pop color and this one i feel like takes that even further um i'm curious what your anticipations were going into this one considering i assume you really like the first one as well um, and kind of what your initial thoughts were walking out of it, because this is a, I, I think both of us would agree, a way, way more ambitious movie than the first one was. And kind of we both walked out and were like, I I totally understand why that took got postponed numerous times, because I cannot imagine the amount of work and money that went into making this. Yeah, so this is IP done in the best possible way. 
with a caveat, which we can touch on later if we want to get into spoiler territory. Yeah, we can give a spoiler signal for anyone who hasn't seen it, but they're, you know, we, yeah. I think we can start non-spoiler right now. Okay. Um, I was, this was highly anticipated on my radar, um, including the first one. But that was because, in particular, I covered this for work back in 2018. Um, I uh, had the pleasure of doing the junket for this movie. And so, naturally, it was on my radar. I knew it was coming out. I was excited about it. I grew up with Spider-Man being my favorite superhero. So I was very excited for it and just how different it was. Um, I will say, even how much I was looking forward to it in 2018 it vastly exceeded expectations. And mm-hmm. I was like, I, once I saw it, I was like, okay, wow, this is actually, this is really something special. So going into the interviews the next day, mm-hmm. I was really excited to talk to Shamik Moore, Jake Johnson. Um, and Shamik Moore, I am now forever a fan of, cause he gave me one of the best quotes I feel of any interviews that I've done where he talked about, he had written in his journal or diary as a child or as a, as a teenager, I am Miles Morales. I am Spider-Man. Like that was his vision long before the possibility of him being cast as the voice of Miles Morales presented Mm -hmm. itself. And he said, I feel like I was bitten by that radioactive spider. Like he, he, he thought it was, he felt like it was a prophecy coming true, Um, which is just so amazing. Just, just love to hear something like that. And I think it goes to both the first one and this one. It's an animated movie but the voice acting is so good. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'd be curious to see, especially with this one, how much, if, if at all the cast is together when they're doing the voice work, that mm-hmm. usually is not the case, No, but it, the chemistry feels so real. And it just, it's again, it's IP done, right? Uh, Phil Lord, Chris Miller clearly like know what they're doing and have such a love for the subject matter and the the source material and these characters and it's in such good hands with them and i i I don't have they have they missed yet like have they are they batting a thousand i guess you could say like maybe one of the lego movies maybe like yeah i don't know what their involvement is in sort of beyond that first lego movie um they're very good they're very good at what they do they're certainly like these are the guys that are behind you know they did the lego movie they did the 21 jump street movies um, you know, they are writers and producers on this movie. Um, this movie actually has three different directors, which I learned the other day, um, different from the first movie. And it was interesting hearing that, like, each of them all seem to sort of specialize right. in, like, different fields. Like, one is traditionally, um, I don't have their names pulled up right now, which is embarrassing. But um, one of them was, like, had a history in animation. Another one had... Um, history and more sort of dramatic writing another one in uh, I believe production design or something like that Um, but I mean you talk about the cast for this movie which I mean aside from Shameik Moore you have Haley Steinfeld who I thought was really really good in this one and I think it's a lot more to do Uh, Brian Tyree Henry Jake Johnson Oscar Isaac Jason Schwartzman playing the villain Issa Rae Daniel Kaluuya Um, it's it's really just sort of like a pulling like the best of the best of just like insanely really likable talented people um and adding a real sort of gravitas and emotion to this movie which i think is part of kind of i i was thinking the other day there's sort of like three big 
reasons why I think this movie works so well. There's kind of an aesthetic reason, there's an emotional reason, and then there's sort of an ideas reason. I think aesthetically, we kind of hinted at the animation in this movie is just... I, I had my jaw on, on the floor. It like, is almost it is, overwhelming. It is unreal. Like, overwhelming to the point of a friend of mine who came with us um, even afterwards, I think was a little bit like my my head hurts because it was just such a it's just such a barrage of um sensory overload for two and a half hours almost um you know the the animation team here is sort of taking a lot of the kind of mix match it's taking the sort of pop art comic book style of the first one as well as the sort of idea that the first one had where we're playing around with the multiverse and there being multiple different versions of spider-man and so you have this movie that is incorporating different animation styles for various different characters, as well as different animation styles for different worlds that these characters are bouncing in between, as well as sometimes the sort of like background and shading of the images being different from shot to shot, depending on what the sort of like emotions of the characters are at the center of those images. Um, it really was just sort of like it w- within the first, I would say, five minutes. I just was like holding my breath of I, I, the 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 way this movie opens and the kind of the the Gwen Stacy Spider Woman verse where it's like all of these kind of beautiful kind of watercolor painting backgrounds and stuff. I was just like, holy, holy shit, this is on just so. Uh, this was that your so- favorite? hard to pull off and is on such a different level at at the end i think i like turned to you as we were walking out and she's like they i mean they can cut one award out of the oscars this year they can just sort of mail it to the team for this because it it is just such an incredible feat of mix matching all of these different animation styles into this massive pop art collage that i think to also connect this to the ideas piece of this movie this is kind of this postmodern dissertation for lack of a better word on spider-man as a character in our pop culture in not just the aesthetics of this movie trying to wrap it their arms around every image of spider-man that's ever existed in any form throughout the history of popular culture but also a movie that in its ideas, which we can get into in here in a little bit, it, it is very much ruminating on what is it about this character that, that makes it so universal. And, and if there are so many versions of Spider-Man, if Spider-Man is such an elastic character as to sort of appear in all these different modes and variations throughout our popular culture, what is sort of the central thing about Spider-Man that makes Spider-Man Spider-Man? And this idea of like, what can you change versus what can't you change to sort of make this this character uh, sort of replicable along many different mediums, but what sort of has to be essential about the character. But then, you know, I don't want to make this movie sound like it's some like heady college thesis paper on Spider-Man. Like you're adding those two things then with this emotional core of the Miles Morales character sort of feeling like an outsider in his universe wanting to sort of connect with these other Spider-Man and these other um, 
universes <laughs> for lack of a better word and there's other earths yeah other earths um there's a lot of really touching like drama between parents and kids and you know wanting to see your kid kind of spread their wings and become their own person but also like wanting their safety um there is uh, a lot in here I, I think we can get into when we get into a little bit of, of the spoilers i think just the journey the miles morales character goes on i'm sort of trying to beat around the bush but maybe that this third point is something we can explore a little bit later in the show um i thought really added an emotional center to the sort of aesthetics and ideas of this movie and how all those three things complement each other i think made for uh a really like insanely entertaining pretty jaw-dropping movie i thought yeah and when i hear kind of the general description of like oh it's a, a, a superhero movie about the superhero trying to find their place in the world or like what it means to be a superhero it's like that's certainly been done that's like most right. origin story movies right this just does it better and doesn't really nibble around the edges but gets to the heart of it mm-hmm. um even more so than the first one because yeah. you you also like you like you mentioned Hilly steinfeld gets a lot more to do here mm-hmm. i feel like i think in the first one she's introduced that character's introduced a little bit like halfway through the movie it's she's yeah there's, she's there's not more of the Jake focus johnson yeah. and that yeah and that the one. kind of mentorship and, and that one is more of the sort of miles morales origin story so you get a little bit more of that stuff in there um although oh. i i always thought what was kind of fun about that first movie is sort of like the way it was sort of the the chris lord <laughs> the Lord and Miller way that they're sort of like making fun of the fact of like everyone knows Spider-Man and just sort of like, here's the, how much can we play around with like, what is the origin story to Spider-Man and everyone knowing it like the back of their hand um, and that feeding into the first movie. And then that, that idea of like, well, what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man? I feel like even gets further explored right. in this one and even further sort of pulled into the emotional stakes of the movie. Did you have a favorite aesthetic was it the the beginning gwen stacy part i i i just enjoyed all of it i mean the weird someone at work was asking me about the movie and the weird thing i compared it to was natural born killers the oliver stone movie just in terms of like i don't know if you how long it's been since you've seen that movie or if you've seen it but the way that like oliver stone like even like shot reverse shot is like changing the visual aesthetics of the movie of it's going from like lo-fi video to 35 millimeter to 16 millimeter to black and white to like weird blown out colors um and to even like animation in parts of that movie and just it's like the the visual language of it is constantly changing and it's just so like kaleidoscopic and that's kind of the experience i had watching this movie is like that i i'm almost just at a point now where i i want i want overload in in the movies and and seeing all of these different animation styles get pulled into each other and this movie leaning into the craziness of the sort of multiverse idea i thought was even even if at times it could be confusing i was just so so in awe of the just sort of kind of like visual insanity and depth of the the, that visual depth of it like i'm sure when this is on streaming and stuff people will be like taking screen shots to like pull out little easter right. eggs in all the frames and stuff like that i i would i would just say i'm a simple man my my favorite aesthetic was the legos 
world. <laughs> Which is not even really an aesthetic. I just thought it was funny. Spoiler, I guess. I'll throw yeah, up. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, that's a little, I mean, that's just a little Easter egg. It's not like it has yeah. anything to do with anything. It's just, you know, it's just a fun that thing. Got that got a big uh, round of applause right, and, and yeah. laughter out of our audience when the Lego universe came up. <laughs> But do we want to do we want to just jump right into yeah, a little yeah, more spo- it, it, the movie is out. So spo- spoiler alert, if you don't want to know anything about uh, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, um, but please come back and listen to the rest of this episode. Um, yeah, past lives. You got to hear about that. Yeah, so definitely got to hear about past lives. Um, so I didn't think this was that. So you mentioned like even if people find it confusing, I am someone who is an idiot. So, uh, just to put it plainly, so I didn't actually find it really confusing at all for all of the I will, plot depth to it, or yeah. just like all of the kind of intricacies of the the multiverse. Maybe if maybe we're just trained to it now, but it what it really was. It, it is pretty kind of a movie follow. that like I am having a harder time explaining it into words than I had like understanding it as it was happening. Mm. If that makes sense, yeah. Like 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 as the movie is sort of unfolding over you the the sort of sci-fi logic of this movie made i think perfect sense to me considering all of the multiverse marvel stuff we've gotten recently or you know if you've seen like back to the future part right. two I, I i think the the logic of this movie and the sci-fi rules of it should be pretty self-explanatory um, trying to explain it you sound insane right like, exactly. like, any, <laughs> like any like most superhero movies um that said yeah i think the the nod the clear nod to like back to the future too i really got a kick out of as someone who finds that to potentially be like the greatest trilogy of all time um or at least up there for me uh so yeah like the the very specific he comes home mm-hmm. but oh no it's, it's another dimension home, right yeah that was very appealing to me should I just go ahead and say what I didn't like about the ending? Yeah, the, I think now that part... we're we're talking about, I, I, you know, now that we're talking spoilers, this movie does end on a big cliffhanger, which um, it's funny to think how many movies in the last couple of years are doing this like big part one, part two, whether it be um, the Fast and Furious movie or Dune or the new Mission Impossible movie that's coming out. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I was not bothered. I will say... I was pretty annoyed by the the sort of cliffhanger ending at the end of the Fast and Furious movie that just came out, um, which I don't you haven't seen yet, have you? No, and I'm not sure I ever will. No, you shouldn't. Um, but this I don't know whether it was because I kind of knew that this was originally pitched as a like part one, part two story, um, or just the the place where it ends in such a cliffhanger didn't bother me because it it ended in kind of a an emotional cliffhanger where i i sort of i i don't know there's something about like comparing it to the fast and furious one there was something about like where that movie left off that just sort of felt cheap and felt like a saturday morning cartoon like oh no is vin diesel gonna get out of this situation well, the, alive or there's something? no there's no stakes in and there may not be, right, end up being right. any stakes in this that would be disappointing but for now for now it feels like there are that there are stakes and and they have sort of like tied themselves into into a knot that uh, like i mean i have no idea how they'll i'm sure they'll figure out some sort of high concept ludicrous sci-fi way to get them out of the situation that this movie ends itself on but i i i've i've found myself more willing to accept that than just sort of like oh no well next week 
Vin Diesel get out of the dam in time before it floods? Tune in for Fast and Furious 11. Though I am intrigued just to see how The Rock and Vin get along going forward. Uh, not that separate from the ending, but... I'm sure they th- won't be in a single frame together. Yeah. Uh, this, I get what what threw me off or is holding me up on, on the ending with this is that it is a true, it is a cliffhanger, but it's almost just like, it it literally says like, stay tuned. Mm -hmm. Like it it is very much like in Dune part one, right. They get to where they're going. And then it's very Mm -hmm. much like this story will continue if we do well and get the funding for Mm -hmm. it. This is very much like, you have just watched part one of this story mm-hmm. that does not have like, there was no getting to a destination. Mm-hmm. And what I think is holding me up is that for all of the kind of meta-ness and irreverence and like going against the grain that this feels like and how separate this feels from all other IP mm-hmm. and the Marvel machine, mm-hmm. the ending very quickly and uh aggressively reminds me this is ip and this Mm -hmm. is the marvel sony machine and okay i'm watching this movie to get to the next movie Mm -hmm. um so it it just it was remind it it was very much like this was a business decision Mm -hmm. and we we were getting towards the end i think we all kind of felt this um, where it's like we're getting to like the two hour mark, and it's like, how are right. they going to really wrap this up? Like, you could feel, and again, I, every other part of the movie, literally like every other frame of the movie, I love. Mm-hmm. It was just the very like stop in the middle. And even in, into that, to, to their defense, that's very much like reading a comic where it's right. like, I'm going to have to get the next edition and see what happens. Am I going to see the third one? Of course. But. Do you see it's just this going to be released on the same day as the new Bong Joon-ho movie with Robert Pattinson? Ooh. I'll be seeing both that day. I don't know. Um, it just... Yeah, and it's it's not like we're going to have to wait around for five years for it. So that, right. that's also, uh, you know... Although I would not be surprised considering how often this movie got delayed right. that the the next one gets delayed. I Maybe I'm wrong. I, I hope it does come out March of next year as they say it is. But... I think like worst case scenario, it would be like an Infinity War Endgame, like a year apart right. as opposed to eight months or whatever they're aiming for. Um, it just it just kind of reminded me, oh yeah, I'm watching like a corporate business decision. Um, whereas with Dune, it was a little bit less because it's like, okay, if, if there if there ended up not being a second Dune, like this at least felt like closing the chapter mm-hmm. and starting a new chapter, whereas this felt like we are ending on the middle of the page. Mm-hmm. Um, and like fast at fast X, like that, like no, that would that would piss me off too. Yes, that, that's in that that's no comparison really. Though I understand like that very much ends on a cliffhanger that just sounds like really obnoxious and yes but again that's 10 movies in or 11 counting Hobbs and Shaw where like you know the, the stakes have been be lowered and right lowered. exactly um so th- I I withhold I withhold judgment to say if they end up like doing the third one and it does mm-hmm. very well which I'm sure it will and then they end up just being like oh we're actually gonna just do five more of these and nothing matters anymore which is Again, I think likely, yeah, certainly possible. Um, that's going to be disappointing. So something else that I 
thought of kind of on the drive home that I, I figured would be fun to talk about in terms of this movie is, is it as kind of like the ultimate postmodern superhero movie. Um, and, you know, I, I think now that we're in the spoiler section, we'll talk about like a lot of the plot b- focuses around this idea of these kind of incursions, These I- this idea that like when figures, whether they're Spider-Man, whether they're villains from other universes sort of pop into the wrong universe and change things that can cause the entire you know if someone from universe one pops into universe two and begins changing things then universe two will completely collapse on itself and so you have oscar isaac's sort of futuristic spider-man character has sort of united 2099 right um it has sort of united all these spider-men together and their job is to uh, essentially stop these incursions from happening and the one thing it's basically that, loki yeah it is very <laughs> similar to if you saw the loki tv series um and but then that sort of ties into the emotional core because they start talking about these quote-unquote canon events um i don't think that ter- use of that word is a coincidence at all the idea of like what makes spider-man spider-man and having all these central events like the death of an uncle or um the death of a a uh, police officer figure in their lives um and or Gwen Stacy or their right. friend their right. romantic partner and so then Miles Morales gets sort of thrusted with this very heady idea of like you know some people close to you will have to die in order for like you you to be spot because you are Spider-Man people close to you will have to die and that is just one of those things that is like central to the spider-man story and, and he is not supposed to be spider-man right very which, explicitly which said own yeah. kind of a heady thing and him did sort we, of saying did, like do we know in the do we know in the first one that the, the spiders from a different dimension right i don't remember that part i you know it's been probably like a few years since i saw the first one so i couldn't i feel remember, like that was a reveal go back and watch yeah i'm not sure but essentially like the spider that bit him came from an, the wrong dimension so of course where this movie ends he's accidentally transported to the like dimension where the spider that bit him came from which Back is the future too yeah um which is this like alternate reality that's you know like the destructive world that destructive biff world in back to the future part two and but, he doesn't realize it but i think gwen may she gets the, she gets the old game I, back I together think, i think she realizes that he's not in yeah his universe like his correct universe but i don't know if they fully know like where he is we'll um, find him we'll find out um but I, you know miles miles is sort of emotional arc in this movie has to deal with like well i want to be able to sort of protect the people that are close to me so i want to sort of break these this this quote-unquote canon event um and you know it it, it is in the emotional stakes of the movie and the character of like wanting to save, I, I think it's it's specifically his father, who's you know Oscar Isaac's character tells him like your your father is the event in your life where like this person is going to die, um, and Miles wants to save him, and there's been all of this sort of complicated like father son dynamic that's been established with them, um, but it's also on a very meta level about this idea of like that we've been arguing about during this age of IP of like, how much can you change these characters and sort of how many reinterpretations of 
can you do of them? And me just thinking of all the dumb arguments online of people being like, Batman wouldn't do that. Or Luke Skywalker wouldn't do that. And all, and, and this being a movie that is kind of trying to address sort of this idea of like, well, what is essential to these figures of popular culture and comics that what, what can be changed and what needs to stay the same and how much can you change them? And I think that's kind of a question that this movie is wrestling with. And I don't know. I kind of weirdly walked out and was like, this is the furthest these comic book movies have gone into full on like meta postmodernism in terms of not just the themes and ideas at its center, but also, as we said earlier, trying to ring in every iteration of Spider-Man ever and sort of comment on it, joke, riff, um, add emotional stakes to it. Um, that, I don't know, it just sort of made me think, is this another sign that we're kind of nearing the end of of this, the superhero as sort of the central figure in popular culture and at the movies of sort of like, if we've reached this point where we're doing like this level of meta deconstruction on like the iconography and the mythology of Spider-Man, like, can you really go back and do like a straight lace Spider-Man movie anymore? Well, to answer the first part of the question, is this the end of like the su- the, the superhero as we know in culture and right. modern culture? No, no. I mean, because I this mean, not th- like like it's going away, but of like kind of what I talked about on the Shazam episode of like, oh, are we kind of nearing the end of this decade where like th- this is the the biggest thing at the movies, for example? No, no. Okay, I don't think we're there yet. I think we're there have been signs that that is coming at some point mm-hmm. that there is an end to this, but I don't think that, because again, this, that, th- do you that feel is, like we're sort of rounding the corner? It, it's, it's felt like that for a few years now okay. since the end of end game, but the, the box office numbers don't seem to indicate that for, for the most part, again, mm-hmm. there, there are signs, but not that it's imminent. And that is what is so special about this movie is because it feels like it's off in its own little world. And again, that goes to why I didn't love the ending because it reminded me of mm-hmm. the 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 other world that very much still exists of another Tom Holland Spider-Man movie probably and more Doctor Strange and Quantumania of it all and the Disney Plus shows so I think while it's great that we can we can cherish and have our own little world on the side here that is acknowledging you know mm-hmm. it acknowledges toby mcguire's peter parker it acknowledges the andrew garfield it acknowledges tom holland mm-hmm. but it's still in its own little world while we still have the marvel machine that is becoming a little bit more um tiresome and a slog to get through mm-hmm. and they ha- they still have their plan they still have that that course that they have the phases are still very much in play and moving along and they may dial they may be dialing back the shows a little bit um, but I still think it's it's going to take a lot more to really because at the end of the day, like the studio doesn't get like this movie did well. And so mm. they're just like they're not like, oh, well, this movie was the postmodern mm. meta this, that or the other. It's, oh, the superhero movie did well. Mm-hmm. Like, here's another here's another one for us. Um, not saying I'm like rooting against it. Right. I'm just saying I don't think the studio looks at it in, as any other way other than another superhero movie still doing well. Let's keep making them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so that said, I don't know. You know, I, I thought, um, you know, Morbius was really the more insightful takedown yeah, I mean, of like what it that means not to be doing uh, well, like Shazam bombing. The, no, I'm saying that, Morbius is the more the more insightful oh. uh, <laughs> commentary of of what it God, means to Morbius. be a superhero. Uh, the, the the struggle of that character, the anti-hero-ness of it. Well, it's funny, even like the, you know, the metaverse aspects of this, I thought were even better explored than something like No Way Home. Is that the name of the one? Yes. Okay, I get all of those Tom Holland Spider-Man movies confused because they all have two similar titles this is definitely this is like i mean but but if like this this is sort of calling attention to other versions of spider-man in a way that doesn't just feel like hey do you get this reference or like someone donning on a costume to like get applause at like a fan convention that's what sort of like that whole no way home felt like to me and and i remember just sort of being being in the minority of being underwhelmed by that movie and it just sort of feeling like a movie that was nonstop fan service and didn't get the like emotional core of it. How but, dare you? Yeah. I'm like I said, I'm in the minority, but um but this movie I feel like the the amount of sort of references that it is throwing at you a mile a minute all feel very kind of like connected to the aesthetics of the movie and feel like this idea of, well, if we're if we're gonna acknowledge everything, let's do everything. Let's pull everything in. Um, and really, that also seems impairing in sort of its ideas of thinking about Spider-Man, not just as, you know, <laughs> not not just a figure that can trot out for fan service, but, but as this sort of like larger pop culture image and what that means. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I just sort of walked out thinking like, if we're, if we're thinking this in depth about it, like, are, are we reaching the end of like how we if we're full on deconstructing superheroes like this, like are we, are we nearing the end of like what we can, what we can do with them? Give Lord and Miller an, uh, an upcoming MCU film. Okay. Let, let, let's see what happens with it. Yeah. Like, let's see if that works. I don't know. Did they, did they, they, they tapped a fantastic four director. Right. So we, I think, yes, I, think we have I can't someone. remember who it was um, though. But like, let's, let's try that. Like let let's see what happens when they're in the MCU proper. Or the the other thing that in the comic book universe this sort of reminded me of is uh I don't know if you're familiar with Grant Morrison's run on Batman. Um this very iconic run on Batman that Grant Morrison's approach was sort of it's all canon. Like it's all anything that's ever happened in a Batman comic has has quote unquote happened in real life. We're like not Xing out any of it and sort of using the history of Batman over the course of decades and decades to sort of do this kind of existential run on Batman that is like, well, who is Batman at his center? Um, And doing this crazy kind of like multiverse spanning cosmic science fiction uh, arc with Batman. Um, But at its center of this crazy wild story is this sort of like thoughtful, uh, examination of like well what is it about this character and like from the darkest of the dark to like the wackiest stuff that you would see in like the Adam West series like what what is what is it about Batman that makes Batman Batman and that and that's sort of an, an idea that I would like to see explored in more of these comic book movies and something that I found was just sort of so interesting about the Spider-Man movie on top of it just being 
insanely entertaining and like a total visual feast that is like one of the most jaw-dropping feats of animation that i've ever seen i would just say the other the other side of that coin is we've we've gotten through that with a lot of like the the a and b characters Mm -hmm. so it's like if we're if we're going to start doing like the what makes this person tick or Mm -hmm. like like that's going to be like Craven the Hunter, you know, it's, it's going to be like these very, very secondary tertiary characters. Mm-hmm. Unless you do a hard reset, which mm. then it's like, okay, now we have to go through, which eventually will happen. So it's like, oh, okay, we have to go through this again. But yeah, like if we could have gotten that with, I, I would still know, like to like, see someone do it with like a Batman movie. Yeah. At, and you know, the, the Grant Morrison thing is just strictly in a comic book and you obviously have like, numerous issues to be able to build this like long crazy story but uh, something like this done with like batman or superman or like a character of that level do it with be fun do it with joker so we can enjoy the discourse around it (laughs) oh my gosh um daniel let's transition and talk about past lives which i think as much as we both enjoyed spider-man past lives is probably has the belt thus far as our favorite movie of the year um it is First feature from Celine's song. It is about two uh, like twelve year old kids living in South Korea that are really good friends. They kind of have sweet childhood crush on each other. One of them, the girl, uh, her family immigrates to I believe it's Canada, and then she eventually moves to New York later in life. Um, but essentially, it is this movie about these two childhood friends that have this innocent crush on each other. Their lives move in separate directions, but then they reconnect at different points in life, um, and most notably as adults, and spend this long weekend together. And the movie is, you know, I think this is a movie that anyone who loves like Richard Linklater's Before Trilogy will really respond to. Of It is a movie that is feels both epic to me while also like very intimate and personal and is about sort of this idea of what if my life could have taken a completely different direction or what if I had stayed in this one city long enough? What if I had dated this person and would my life be differently different than it is now? And kind of the, those little connections of like what could have been is something that is explored in this movie and sort of brings out a longing in the characters. But I think never, it never tips into sort of like, a TV of the week sort of sappiness in a way. Um, I, I found this movie like really emotionally overwhelming. And I know I, you, you and our friend Noah who were there as well at the the screening, we all kind of looked at each other after and we're like, wipe the tears from our eyes. Just like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that thing. Yeah. And, and uh, keep a key element to the story is that she's married. Um, and so the husband is never, her uh Greta Lee's character Nora her husband mm-hmm. is never made out to be a bad guy no it's a, it's a very loving and supportive relationship I think he even acknowledges of right. like I'm kind of in in the sort of typical Hollywood version of this story I would be the villain like right. I'm the guy that's keeping you that you that you wound up just sort of settling with that is keeping you from what what seems on paper to be the long lost love from your childhood but it's not it's not that movie it's about kind of the gnawing feeling in your head and in your heart of of 
that what if and about right. sort of contemplate on, on that what if as opposed to a movie about two long lost lovers that are finally together after decades and decades. You know, it's not, I don't know why this is the example I'm thinking of. It's not Forrest Gump. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and Celine Song does, she just does such a beautiful job presenting all these characters without any judgments, mm-hmm. without any, just, just, these these people feel so lived in and real mm-hmm. and and like like you can reach the screen and touch them and 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 you, you like you know these people in your life and and I think it's so smart how the film opens too. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not a spoiler or anything, but just that we see them at the bar, the three of them, and you get the kind of kind of the 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 commentary from like a couple that is trying to like look around the bar or restaurant and, Mm -hmm. and make judgments or try to understand who these other people are that are around them. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Are they okay? They're together and he's the brother and okay, well maybe this is the the friend and he's visit. And so it just, is a great kind of way to set the table Mm -hmm. um, for this thorny kind of, three-way relationship that's going on right and these really different character dynamics in these relationships um and i just i i came away feeling both heartwarmed and gut punched at the same time in the best possible ways and i there's not a day that's gone by we saw it how many a few like five days ago yeah, like five days ago um not a day that's gone by where i haven't thought about it yeah i and and i love how you know, there's there's a final conversation um, the two lead characters uh, have in the, the at that bar near the end of the movie where they're you know she tells him like I'm not necessarily the person you you fell in love with but like that person still existed and this idea of like you know these past not past lives as the, it is sort of explained in the movie as as this sort of like korean idea of like reincarnation and like the people we know in our lives we've also known in previous iterations of our lives um but i think the title could also connect to you know this idea of us holding these images of of people in our past and th- those are real people, but, like, those aren't necessarily the people they are now, if that makes sense. Of, like, you know, the person I may have had, you know, a crush on in high school, you know, that that was a real, fully realized person that I had feelings for. But that person doesn't necessarily exist now. That's they've they've evolved into a different right. person. I've evolved into a different person, and so that that idea of like not even being being in love and attracted to um, a person because of who they were in the past, but you're now at a place in life where maybe you know the person you are isn't necessarily wants to be with the person they are now, and that sort of complicated hurricane of emotions that that come with that if you want that older version of the person back but they're not coming back it's such a simple story with like told very very straightforward and with 
very modestly yeah like three they, three principal cast members but it, yeah. it gives you so much to think about and it span over so many decades yeah. i mean we talked about you know the movie the first part of the movie is them as kids and then sort of the latter part is is them as adults over this weekend but there there are moments where they sort of meet or reconnect in between and it is this movie that sort of as i said it it feels epic in a weird way even though it as you said it is this very small modest movie with only a couple of characters and is you know very modestly and intimately told and is about this sort of very specific relationship between these two people but you know it feels like this story of star-crossed lovers sort of meeting again and again over continents and over the course of decades um but yet it it i think by leaning into the the complicated nature of those emotions i think it it finds something that is much more emotional and much more resonant than just sort of doing the whole like and then at you know kind of spoiler here but like not the like the typical Hollywood version of that mm-hmm. this would play out, I think is what I'm trying to say without getting into spoilers is, and this, the, I'm not saying I have a problem with this. I, I could see this being a potential knock for some people is the husband. Mm-hmm. Is their relationship being completely like unproblematic and mm-hmm. him being unproblematic? Is that like too good to be true? Like is, is that too nice? Is it too clean in a way? I think it would have been too clean if there was something like wrong with him. Like, like if he okay. was like if the husband character was kind of a a jerk or was abusive or you know th- this would not this would be a much less complicated movie if it was a situation where you as an audience the entire time are like she doesn't need to be with him, right? Right. But I think it becomes complicated in the sense of like she is in love with this this man that she has known since childhood but their lives have sort of gone far apart and they might not they're not necessarily the same people they were when they first fell for each other but her new husband is someone who she has fallen in love with and built a life with through who she has become as a person um and that sort of complicated whirlwind of emotions and you know there's another that's so good about it that's yeah i know i guess it's it's i guess i'm just i'm just wondering if if someone could could view it and maybe say like this isn't realistic where like their their relationship is too perfect he is too understanding he is too self-aware of the situation and i guess my my response if someone was to say that would be like i think that would make the story less complicated like i i i think it actually makes it harder for her and harder for you as an audience to sort of emotionally navigate the the movie right um because it's like yeah the husband's like he's a nice guy yeah i thought like really understanding and he clearly loves her i thought the scene with them kind of ruminating on the whole situation when they're like going to sleep and they're in bed just kind of talking it out Mm -hmm. i thought that was just wonderfully done um and it just it's it's such a beautiful movie and and you know i'm not necessarily the person to to best explore this um but you know i do think there's another aspect of this movie that is she is an you know korean immigrant and there's an aspect of her love for this this other guy that 
she grew up with that is like he is somehow connecting her to Where she's this from. other culture that yeah. she is from um and she talks a lot about like there's something that's like so attractive about him but he's also so like cor- so korean he's so korean yeah that, that, that um and this and her talking about like i barely like my white husband now speaks more korean than i necessarily right. speak korean and this idea of like this other guy she's attracted to is sort of fulfilling this 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 aspect of herself that she has sort of left behind by sort of moving to this new country um i don't know as a white man if i'm necessarily the right person to unpack all of that but that's but that certainly another, that's there yeah that's in i the think movie, that's yeah. another aspect to sort of the the complicated whirlwind of emotions is this other person that she is falling for is connecting her to this this other life this other world this other aspect of herself that she isn't necessarily tapping into on a daily basis and they also weave in a little bit of how relationships are different here than they are mm-hmm. in like the her her childhood friend mm-hmm. uh how his relationships have have turned out specifically a longer term one uh more recently before he visits her mm-hmm. uh and so yeah that 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 dynamic is definitely part of it as well yeah this just really reminded me of kind of i mean i i mentioned the before trilogy but kind of like a mid 90s era of great independent movies that's just sort of like people in a city walking around and just having great conversations and there's just something like really engaging about that and and just like what these people are talking about and the the ideas and the things they have to say is so um so exciting to listen to um that and that's what you want to talk about when you like come out of the theater um i don't know i i just i really really was kind of blown away by this i was a little skeptical just because you know you don't like anything that's the least bit sweet you no, don't you don't like sweet foods in you don't, I don't like, sweet, like foods sweet foods and you don't like sweet movies no well <laughs> it, it was it's more to do with the like the thing that happens at, at sundance every year oh, where there's right, like yes. the sundance every every festival is, yeah. is is real and so i was a little bit worried of like oh is this the thing that like everyone went crazy for at sundance and then um like uh what was it last year um cha-cha real smooth was like the version mm. of this last year that then like when it when it comes down the mountaintop and is with with us the people you know in the real world then we're like i don't know what in the world you all were smoking up there in park city because this this thing is not the the masterpiece you made it sound like it it was and is maybe even bad and this was a rare case of walking out being like no the the hype lived up this is one of the best things i've i've seen in the last um so far this year, and I would even say, you know, I thought last year was a like meh year for movies, and so I would even say in the last year or so, this is one of the best movies I've seen. It's wonderful, and I will. I mean, yeah, I, I can't not see this being in my top three at the end of the year. Like, C- certainly, it, will be in my my top ten. We have a lot of a year to get through. But, that's true. That's true. But, I just I adore this. I can't wait to see it again. I was texting with Noah, our other friend, about it, um, and he made the point of like he wants to let it kind of like sit with him for a little bit. So he, while he wants to see it again, like he doesn't want to rush to see it again. I, I, and I, I feel the same way. Yeah. yeah. I I'm almost excited for, to like, let it sit with me. And I was telling some, some family that I saw yesterday that they should see it as soon as it comes to North Carolina. And um, it's just a movie. I'm really excited to talk about 
with other people and uh, as as noah said kind of let it sit with me and then kind of like re revisit it revisit it but also watch it with other people and sort of see what they think and see what it brings out of them i i i kind of when i forget what movie we were i think we were screening and no we weren't screening another thing it was i was seeing another movie weeks ago and the trailer for this came out Mm -hmm. or was in the playing in the theater and like i kind of clocked it immediately of like this could be something special. And I don't, I don't even hear anything about the Sundance stuff. Mm-hmm. So it just like, kind of like, I was like, this looks like it has a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. Um, I sent, I sent the trailer to my brother and sister and my brother was like, cause I was like, you guys need to see this when it comes out. My, my brother's like, no, I'm like, why not? He's like too sad. I'm like, no, it's not like, it's like, like I said, it feels like I, it, it there's, felt, a, there's a melancholy yeah, about there, it, there, but there, there but... are. Yeah. It's like the, I, like I said, the gut punch, but also very heartwarming. Right. Um, it, it's not, it's just, you know, it's kind of that, that is a little bit of our bit where it's like, we'll send each other trailers and it's like too scary, too sad, too depressing. And it's like, no, that is not like this, this deserves to be seen by everyone. It is mm. kind of a universal, like human experience movie that, that just commands your attention and i just i hope so many good things for it and i i think i saw initially like even with it's just very limited release it was doing really well yeah it did pretty well just coming out in new york and la i believe over the weekend so hopefully um, good word of mouth and yeah i i i hope so and you know even even if not i hope this is a movie whether people want to go see it in a theater or just sort of check it out once it's on streaming like mm. i i i would highly encourage anyone to 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 see it and it is i i think the kind of thing that you will as we've been having for the last like half an hour really great conversations about like what it means what how to unpack the emotions of it because it, it it is a kind of like hurricane of conflicting feelings as you're watching it so we just we just talked about an ip like one of the one of the most beloved if not the most beloved superhero yeah that movie being really great and an indie film small yeah that's also great cinema is fixed (laughs) we can all go home we have nothing to worry about we are like on the that, right Martin track. Scorsese turned off his light and tucked into bed, feeling all good about the state of cinema. What is the? What is that line in the? In the? Can you? Can you identify the? In this picture, in the in the trailer for? His... Oh, the something like can you spot the wolves in this? Yeah, picture? yeah, man. I that's that's gonna be my bit when that movie comes out. It's just any any photograph that you and I text to each other with my Leo voice saying, "Can you spot the wolves <laughs> in this picture?" I got to tell you, just I know this this pod is not about that movie, but I I was kind of you, you know how I how I am where I'm just like you're kind of like oh Marty and I'm like yeah oh Marty like what the f-? and then the trailer dropped and I was like yeah I'm in yeah give give me that three and a half hour epic Marty let's go why would I want less Martin Scorsese in my life yeah, I I can't argue with that uh Daniel well thanks for stopping by this week uh next week on the latest. I don't know what we're going to do. I think a Transformers movie is coming out, but so maybe we'll talk about that. And then um, you and I are seeing The Flash this week. So I enter the Speed Force. Yeah, I'll have another opportunity to talk about multiversal superheroes. Um, probably also talk about Elemental, the new Pixar movie, and um, new Indiana Jones movie coming out in a few weeks. And. Um, Daniel, I'm pretty excited for the new Wes Anderson movie. I know he's not one of your guys, but I'm hearing good things. 
I will. It is certainly a movie I will see. Okay, that's all we can ask. That's all Wes can ask for. Is for us. Of course. It is. Uh, you do not have to enjoy the art, but you do have to consider it. Mm-hmm.